Welcome to Fixed Body Group's podcast. On our show, we speak about our lifestyle-based approach for permanent change. My name is Dr. Sean Robeck. Each week, we'll be helping you with better daily habits that will improve your health for a lifetime. We believe you must be proactive when it comes to taking care of yourself and others around you. Our current healthcare system is broken, and we help you navigate your journey to health independence. Today, we had Dr. Sam Wegg, our reoccurring guest, back on our show discussing anxiety. We discuss how to let go from past experiences and also how to make sure that we don't fantasize and create stress unnecessarily. We also talk about being grateful versus hateful and how you can't do both at the same time. And exercise, breath work, caffeine, and hydration also come into play during this podcast. Welcome back to the show, Sam. I, uh, I'm super. I'm really excited to talk to you about this topic today. I feel uh, yeah, I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm a little anxious about talking about this topic today. <laughs> Since this topic's going to be about anxiety, uh, but all joking aside, I, I feel like with our restart clients, uh, when we discuss health and wellness, you know, one of the consistent themes is that people talk about the stress they're under all day, whether it be work-related stress, um, stress at home. And that has to be mitigated for people to be able to have um, good health. And so thankful for you to be on today to help us with that. And um, let's get started with talking about um, how we define anxiety. So the definition is a the literal definition, intense, excessive, and constant worry about everyday situations. So when we talk about anxiety, this can be thinking about something that happened in the past that you're unhappy with the outcome or thinking about something in the future. But either way, um, or I guess when we talk directly about anxiety, we are thinking about these future um, events where we don't know the outcome. And we're getting really anxious about what may happen. And just like you said, our what we see with Restart Clients, but our whole culture as a whole is really stressed out. And it seems like people are really anxious about a lot of things. And um, it's, you know, everywhere we turn, there's something different to worry about, whether it's the news or um, everyone just seems to be in a rush to do everything. So... When we have a lot of events, that means oftentimes we're going to have a lot of events that have uncertain outcomes. So right. there's definitely opportunity for people to be anxious, but we're going to talk today about the difference between a good and bad stress. Yeah. the um, I heard a good, um, on a podcast I was listening to about stress, they said, um, which is a very simple breakdown, is stress and anxiety is, is um, anything getting in the way of you uh, trying to uh, get somewhere or achieve something, something that's preventing you from getting to that point, whether it be physical or mental. And that's essentially what's stressing our system. And I think that as we get into this, there's a, we create a lot of fantasy in, in our, in our brain uh, that creates unnecessary stress and anxiety. Uh, so fantasizing a destination that doesn't even exist, creating this anxiety or stress that's causing an unhealthy state. And, um, so let's go to um, when people think about good anxiety. <laughs> so why don't we talk about that? Yeah, um, that good anxiety, this all comes back to that fight or flight response, which a lot of people are familiar with. When we have a bad stress in front of us, something that could injure us or hurt us, 
it prepares our body to be able to fight that off and gives us the best chance. So that good, that type of stress creates a response in our body that is good for us in the sense that it's going to give us the best chance to stay alive. But when we are stressed out about an event, um, just by thinking about it, and it's something that's not occurring in live time, and our body is still creating that response, that's not good because it really it stresses out our body. And we can get into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But good anxiety is when there is a real life stress and your body's prepping you right. and giving you the best chance to fight that off. And the bad, the really anxiety, what we're going to talk about more so than like stress, um, is worrying about that event and creating that response when that's not needed because realistically the event isn't something probably that you're going to fight or run from run from so it's not really uh, fitting for the stresses that we face in most of our day-to-day lives right and so with um a good example is a bear around a campfire or campsite and, and you're in your tent with your kids and yep. what do you do? You certainly don't want to be in a calm state at that point. You want your body to be prepped and ready to fight or run. Uh, but there is a lot that goes into that response, that sympathetic response or that getting your body prepared for that fight. Um, and there's that effect on the body is something that I think some people may not be aware of and how it affects us internally. Can you get into that a bit? Yeah. So if we pick up on that example and, you know, imagine being in that tent and all of a sudden hearing something and you find out there's a bear outside and you have your family inside of the tent, like you're instantly going to be stressed out. You're going to feel pretty alert. You're going to be happy for feeling alert and not feeling like, you know, it's 3 a.m. and you're really groggy because you want to have your best, your best chance to fight that off, like we said. So your body is going to shut down a lot of the things that don't have to happen right now. So your body is going to stop your digestion. It's going to stop repairing tissues and it's going to funnel like all its blood, all its resources to your skeletal muscles. That way you can move as fast as possible. Your body is going to release adrenaline. That way your heart rate can increase. That's going to further, um, or that's really what's driving that increased blood out to the skeletal muscles. You're going to increase your strength because some of the hormones that are released. And it's also going to dull your pain receptors. So you're going to feel less pain. You're not going to tolerate that as much. So, you know, for a brief period, you take on a little bit of a superhero mode. You at least, like, max out your abilities. And that's what everyone would want if you're trying to fight for you and your family's life. Right. But those same exact processes happen if you're imagining that scenario, too, where you're worried about something in the future. Um, not to the same exact degree, but they are happening to a lesser degree. And as you said, if you're stressed out every single day, so you're just, you know, extrapolating out that response more and more and more. Or I shouldn't say extrapolating, but compounding that every time you have that stress. It's, uh, it's, it's like a warrior going into battle. You want to be on high alert. That's a good stressed out reaction. However, if you're driving to work or driving home from work or going home to an anxious or, or a, a situation that um, 
is unfavorable, then it's uh, you're always you're actually in that like fighting state that your body can never have a chance to relax. And the challenge behind that is if your muscles, if all this blood is being shunted to your extremities to be able to have that response of fight or flight, unfortunately, that blood is not in the organs or your uh, that can actually help us um, heal, repair, recover, have a strong immune system. Um, and if it's chronically happening daily um, and we're never giving ourselves a chance to relax, our system doesn't have to, a chance to recover. And I think in this current state where we all want to optimize our immune system, if we're chronically stressed, our immune system is shut down. And this is not a good time to have a shutdown immune system. No, not at all. And I think something that we work with our clients with a lot is identifying those times and oftentimes built-in routines that they have or habits, we can call them, where they're creating these stress and anxiety and creating that exact response that we just kind of outlined. So not only is that immune system, their immune response dulled and lowered, but Everything that we just talked about is lowered. They're not repairing their body. So we identify the times that you're you're creating that, you know, this undue negative effect in your body that doesn't have to be there. So bad anxiety, you know, oftentimes there's some real, there are real things that we should be stressed about that's not physical in nature, like being attacked by a bear. But then a lot of our stress and anxiety comes from this fantasy we create, uh, or even stuff that has happened in the past that we have no control of over anymore. And that is creating this stress reaction in our body that's negative and constant. And uh, we, there are ways um, that we can mitigate this. And, uh, and I think for our listeners, it's important to get into uh, the steps they can take to help them with their anxiety and stress. What's number one for you? Um, first thing we have to do is uh, just let go. So, we talked about stressing. Um, you know, that can be thinking about something that's happening that hasn't happened yet, an event in the future, but also it can be stressing about things in the past, um, an event that's happened, but thinking about what people's reaction may be or now how they feel about you or what they might think and continuing to just ruminate and go down this kind of rabbit hole. And when we say let go, I say that because we cannot think our way out of that. Right. You have to just let go of that experience because every time we relive and replay that scenario, we're neurologically just rewiring that in our brain. Think of um, how well you maybe know your favorite movie. You know, some people have seen, I'm sure many parents have seen certain kids' movies multiple times, right? right? And they could just recite every line because neurologically that's been imprinted in there so many times. That's no different than replaying that movie, I'm air quoting, or event in your mind. Mm -hmm. So we have to let go of those experiences. And I know that can be easier said than done, but a couple of things we recommend to patients are as simple as writing that down. Sometimes writing it out on paper, seeing it, can help you realize that maybe your viewpoint is a little bit narrow-minded or you kind of see the bigger picture. And that in itself can be really rewarding. Um, not always that easy, but, uh, when you're able to get those thoughts out on paper, you're at least expressing it and changing your relationship with that experience. Cause before it was just in your mind. Now, at least that's just words on paper right. and you can look at it a little different. 
um, we do recommend that people try to find something to be grateful for, some type of silver lining, you know, something that moved you forward. So again, you kind of change your relationship with that and you're not neurologically just reliving that poor experience again and again and again, because if you're thinking about it so much, you know that it's bad. So you don't want to continue to do that. You have to learn and move forward from that somehow. I love the quote. Um, you can't be grateful and hateful at the same time. And honestly, yes. it's if there's one takeaway from this podcast, when you're grateful, you can't be hateful. So there's many things in this world we can be grateful for. Think about those things. Call people, write them a letter, thank them for something they're doing for you or they have done for you in the past or just for them being a great person. And that experience, when you're thinking about being grateful, will take you out of that stressed, anxious state or do something for someone. Uh, and that in itself will also take you out of this stress state when you're um, helping another human being. Yeah, and that's the best way to think about it. Think of any time you go to give something praise, how often people, oh, I love this, but anytime you go to say the but, it's like, just leave that off. <laughs> like, but nothing. <laughs> like, you just love that. <laughs> love it for what it is and appreciate that part. And it can sound corny or can think whatever of some of these things and people have heard that stuff and I get it when you're really stressed about something like oh write it down it's going to solve it no but it's going to get you moving in the right direction because we need to make some actual brainwave shifts so you can see that scenario from a different light and just like you said there's so many different ways to be grateful but when you do that and really start to shift and kind of leave that scenario alone. Don't try to think your way out of it. That's uh, the first thing you have to do. Just let it go. That's great. I love that. You know, one thing I do when I'm anxious or feeling stressed or I have that um, pressure in my chest is I'll exercise. I'll go to the gym. Um, and exercise means um, it's different for everybody. Uh, the way I exercise and the way my mother exercises is different. And what's funny is as I'm learning more and more about stress and anxiety, I thought back uh, recently uh, when I was in high school, I have a twin brother for listeners that don't know that. Uh, and we we're a lot to handle. And my mother, I thought she was walking for exercise with her friend. And now that I look back on it, my mother was walking to decrease stress, to get out of the house, to get some sunlight and just decompress. And exercise was just a, a side effect and secondary component of that routine. And I'm like, so looking back on that and you know, that another thing about this is that Steve jobs was also very well known for going on walks throughout the day and having meetings as he walked around the complex. And that's a stress reduction for was a stress reduction for him. And so I think exercise is important to talk about now as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with all those points you brought up. Um, definitely. It's so it's different. Um, as far as the goal sometimes and walking is such a good example. I feel like growing up when same thing, like seeing my mom walk or seeing other people walk, you're like, what is that even worth? Like <laughs> compared to playing sports or the type of exercises I like, right. because if your goal is muscle building, you're like, yeah, what is walking about? But when we talk about stress reduction, just how that can change your mental state, it's so impactful. And, um, you know, I'm glad you brought up Steve Jobs. 
there, Albert Einstein, so many different people, um, Da Vinci, throughout history were known for even scheduling in time for walking. Because when you're doing the type of deep work that they are doing, you know, really creative, you know, trying to draw on things other people have never done, you have to have this time to kind of let your mind assimilate all that, change brain states, so they would be very intentional of having time to go walk. Um, when we talk about it from that stress reduction state or its ability to do that, what they've seen now in our research, and I love just tying everything back to um, kind of previous times, and I think uh, when we saw paleo diet get so popular, it's important to look at some of the other parts of that. And um, one thing that's interesting is if we come from a tribe of whether you're the hunter or the gatherer, you're still covering ground, moving around a lot. But what they've seen in research is that forces our eyes to kind of scan laterally, left and right, just continuing to look for any type of danger. But when you're doing that, you're constantly getting feedback that you're not in danger and that you're safe and everything's okay. So when you go for that walk, you are doing that for your brain letting it know that, hey, everything's okay. Because if you're just at your house and you're stressed about something, you're in your cubicle, you're wherever you are in that workspace, it's already scanned it. Yeah. And it gave you that feedback. But that's all you have. So if you can get out and explore a different area, even if you've been there before, but when you walk around, when you're moving um, and it's scanning, you're continually getting that feedback. So it really does help decrease that stress because you're continually sending that to your to your body. One thing that we talk about, you and I talk about with our um, say mentees or our new hires where we're coaching them uh, to be, to get to a certain level of brand standard. Uh, as you know, it takes a few years to get to that point. Uh, but we always preach if they're not in a comfortable space, they won't be able, they, they won't be able to be creative. And so if they're yeah. fearful, they're insecure, they just feel like they're you being, don't feel safe. They don't feel safe. If they're not safe, it stifles creativity. And if you're anxious and you're stressed or you're fearful, your creative genius will not surface. And I yeah. think that's really important to understand if it's part of your job or responsibility in life, it's to be able to create. Uh, there has to be that you have to have these uh, tactics to help yourself get into a more of a parasympathetic or relaxed state to be that creative genius that you're supposed to be. Yeah, so uh, I know we talk we we talk about that parasympathetic uh, or sympathetic or fight or flight state a lot in a lot of our podcasts, and it it's because our body runs on a couple simple programs, but they are so powerful, and it's not that we're always in that sympathetic, you know, that fight mode up to being the Hulk, but you're in that in some degree. So every time they are even like we just said, you can't be grateful and hateful. Even if you're being a little hateful, even when you're scrolling through Instagram and you're like, oh, I'm so annoyed by this person. Like you're a little bit on that side and not the other side. Right. You're a little bit not digesting the way you should. You're a little bit less immune system. Everything's a little bit less. So using the exercise or using what we're going to go through, you have to learn ways to make that shift and get out of that state. That's right. I love that you brought up social media. Fun fact for you. I shouldn't say fun fact, but I think the second takeaway outside of can't be grateful and hateful. If you are on social media and you have that sense of irritation from the person you're following, unfollow that person. It is destroying yeah. you long-term. Don't get that, exactly. that rush of 
hatred and or irritation, don't allow that person to do that or don't get that feeling inside. Don't allow that feeling to happen inside you because it will compound on itself. And um, I think in, you know, our, our society uh, is very common. Everyone has that fear of missing out, right? That everyone wants to be involved because we are this instantly connected, hyper-connected. And remember that your feed is curated just to you. So if you stop on following someone, it's not like all your friends that you interact with in the real world. And be like, oh, you didn't see? Like, come to find out, they're probably not even following them. <laughs> so, okay. Let's get into caffeine as I'm sipping on a cold brew right now. <laughs> How can that affect our stressed out state? So, um, funny you should bring that one up. <laughs> We actually because did a, we have a we, podcast in the queue about caffeine. So if listeners want to uh, search for that, that was uh, that was a great talk. Um, yeah, I say funny you bring it up just because we've talked about it a lot. We've talked about different stimulants and, um, you know, caffeine is a stimulant to our nervous system. It's a stimulant as far as getting us ready for battle and pushing us in that sympathetic state. Uh, I'm kind of emphasizing stimulant because Caffeine actually stops us from getting tired. It doesn't really like increase, but as far as our nervous system goes, it does increase and get us ready to uh, to take things on. So, although it gives us focus and it allows us to um, have what feels like a little bit more mental energy and some more mental stamina, it is pushing you into that fight or flight response more. So. Everyone's going to have a different tolerance of how much you can take and how much is too much. So we want to get that benefit of the focus and, you know, being able to lock it in a bit more. But we don't want to push so far that we kind of have the jitters or we're really anxious or, of course, you can't sleep, anything like that. Um, And we've written, we have a full guide we can share with listeners on this for some of the, like, basic guidelines but i would say for anyone if you notice that caffeine starts to change your appetite that's definitely too much um not sleeping if it has the opposite effect when it comes to productivity where you're finding yourself doing less um and then you just keep going more and more caffeine i would say those are some of the kind of the first signs of it being negative but I also the, think the uh, overall, go ahead. I, th- I also think, um, you know, pay attention to your body when you're drinking caffeine and you realize you haven't taken a breath in a minute and you're just going, going, going <laughs> and you step back and like, I don't think I've, I don't think I've actually inhaled for the last 30 yeah. seconds. That's or You're just staring at a screen and then you step, but <laughs> you like lean back and you're like, <gasps> yep. oh, what? <laughs> and that is, you know, so that's too much caffeine. Or even if you're not drinking caffeine and you're not, and you're stressed or you're anxious and you're realizing you're not breathing, let's take a few deep breaths. So breathing in itself, if you take a step back and allow yourself to take six deep breaths, and not do anything while you're breathing through those six deep breaths, your body will naturally fall back into more of a rest and digest state. It's as easy as that as long as you're self-aware. And now with our watches that we wear, sometimes these watches will say, you haven't taken a breath in 20 seconds. <laughs> it's quite, uh, whatever, 
one of our business partners uh, has one of these watches and she was going into a stressed out state because she had to speak in public and that's not her um, most favorite thing to do. And it literally kept beeping at her to breathe, to breathe, <laughs> breathe. And I think it's important to, for, to realize when you're not taking a breath and how important breathing can be. Yeah, I, just, I read a whole book on it just recently and it's incredible um, how impactful that is. But exactly like you said, those six breaths is enough to completely start, well, to make that shift back. When you do those, just in the nose, out the nose. Um, you're trying to just nice and slow in, nice and slow out. Nothing crazy about it. Right. Now, next to my cold brew, um, I have a liter of water. <laughs> and so there we go. I, uh, also know that most Americans are dehydrated and they think they're hydrated. Uh, but I think uh, making sure we are drinking enough of the proper fluids to hydrate our body is really important to um, mitigate the effects of stress. What are your thoughts on that? Very, very true. As far as everyone drinking less, uh, before we go from one fluid to the next, I do want to say a couple <laughs> other things on, on the the caffeine, yeah. um, rather than just highlighting, we want to do less. So if you are trying to reduce, um, you know, you don't have to go cold turkey. That can be done if you want to. But as simple as going, like changing your size, you know, make it a goal that uh, this week you're going to go from a large to a medium. And then just do it over time. You can go from one cup, um, a regular one, a decaf, whatever works for you. But it doesn't have to be this instant change. But, you know, it's worthwhile in your lifetime to see how you do with less caffeine. And you might be really surprised to find out that that led to so many issues. Yep. Well said. So, speaking of the other beverage that um, Americans don't drink as much, uh, some of the stats we found said that 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. So... That was shocking we, when I heard that. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> crazy. And that's chronically, not like 75% are dehydrated a couple days a week. It's like, that must be like 95. Yeah. Um, so when we don't have water and we're dehydrated, our body starts to get a rapid heart rate. And that gets us thinking that we're in that stressed out state. So again, we're pushed to that fight or flight and our body's kind of getting ready. Um, because our body needs water. It's important for so many of the vital processes that go on inside of the body. So when we don't have that, your body's going to start to send those signals kind of, of distress because we need to get water uh, for these processes to happen. And I think it's pretty easy for most of us to admit. I mean, I'm the first to admit this. I have, I have days that I'm great with water and days not as good. Um, but on those days, not as good sometimes. I'm like, what did I drink today? And, right. you know, it's like, well, maybe I had two, I had caffeine twice, so like two coffees, and then maybe a small water when I had some superfoods or supplements in the morning. But it's like, I only had two things that actually dehydrated me a little bit. Right. And, I mean, if we're talking about our standard American diet and someone's getting fast food and you know, if you have that two or three times and you're getting a Coke or Pepsi, whatever it is, your soft, soft drink, and then 
having soda. It's like, when are you actually drinking just water or are we rehydrating? I think when people, the, the main question is, how uh, am I drinking enough water? And, and one thing I tell my uh, restart clients are, it's if you look at your urine and, and it's a dark yellow or golden, you're not drinking enough water. Um, it's not that you quick test. <laughs> that's a very quick test. Uh, there should be a light tint of yellow in your urine. Now, if you're if you're drinking too much water, that can be harmful as well. So it's not as if your urine should be clear all the time. Uh, right. But a good quick test is if there's a light yellow tint to your urine, you're probably hydrated, uh, and that's outside of taking supplements that might alter the color of your urine. However, that's a really good quick test. I also think that a general standard is that you should drink half your body weight in ounces of water per day. Uh, and that's another, so you can do the math on that. Um, but I would challenge um, all listeners that over the next week, do that. Get in the habit of drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water every single day and see how you feel and how your, your body responds to that. You have any suggestions? Yeah, and we, um, yeah, I recommend exactly that. You do the math, figure it out what it is for you, and then it's going to work a little different for everybody. Um, some people want to like have a you know a really big water bottle, and they know you know if I drink this twice, that gets it done for me. But whatever it is, figure out something for you personally. I love like soda water. If something's carbonated, I'll drink it. So if I um, buy you know, zero calorie soda waters. I have those at home. I definitely will get my water because I will drink those. So find whatever works for you and do the math on it. If you have a certain water bottle, know how many times you need to fill it up. Um, you know, set a timer on your phone, like refill number one, whatever it is, but you just need to make a routine. It might sound silly, but you haven't been doing it. So we have to um, make a routine yep. to make sure we get in enough water. Absolutely. Sam, do you want to summarize the key points of uh, how people can mitigate their stress? Yeah. So, number one, let go. Things that happened in the past, happened in the past. You cannot be um, hateful and grateful at the same time. So, try to write write some things down of the experience, kind of get that down on paper, and then do your best to find the silver lining there, the lesson learned, whatever it is, so you can change your relationship with that experience and move on. Find some things to be grateful for. Um, getting exercise, as we said, that can be different for different for everybody. Um, at baseline, for every single one of us, it's going to be really positive for your mindset to take a walk. That's going to shift us into that more parasympathetic state so that you are more relaxed. Like we talked about fight or flight, though. Um, what relaxes us is the big expulsion of energy. So whether that's fighting or running away, that's using our muscles. So if that exercise is going and working out for any form of physical exercise is going to be great as far as making that shift. But everybody can at least do some walking. Um, breathing, uh, like you shared, taking six deep breaths is enough for us to make that shift back to being not stressed out. So taking those in through the nose, nice and slow, in and out. Um, trying to reduce your caffeine. And, you know, this isn't for every single one of us, but if you do feel like you're anxious all the time, um, 
you know, look at the caffeine. Sometimes we look at it as our hero of like, oh man, I'm going to need some coffee to get through this day that I have. And it's like, do you, or are you just adding fuel to the fire? Because if you're really stressed out, that may be the bigger cause of it than you think. So work on um, making some reductions there, you know, challenge yourself to, you know, like Sean said, with the water, challenge yourself to take in less of the caffeine the same time you're taking the more water. So take that full-size cup going down to half or large to medium, whatever it is. And then water, the last one that we just talked about, get in half your body weight in ounces. Um, and just making a routine around that, knowing how much does that math for you. So figure out the math and then make a routine that works. Set a reminder on your phone, whatever it is that keeps you accountable. That was great, Sam. Thank you so much. Um, biggest takeaways, can't be hateful and grateful at the same time. And if you're f- stressed, fearful, um, it's going to stifle your creativity. So please work on these tips. Th- Sam, once again, thank you for your time. And we look forward to having you back on the show next week. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, look forward to being here next week. And exactly, everybody implement what we talked about. Go for a walk, drink some water, and breathe. Sounds good, Sam. Thank you. I'll see you next time. Bye.